1983. Chewie's mom is like five months pregnant with Chewie. And she's like, what am I going to do today? I'm going to go finish <laughs> the Star Wars trilogy with this five-month-old baby brewing in my belly. I don't know if she saw it in theaters. We'll assume that she did because she gave birth to Chewie. Granted, at the time, not Chewie, but still eventually Chewie. Yeah. 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 Return of the Jedi That's- is the <laughs> yeah. movie of the day. If you couldn't figure out from that incredibly cryptic way of saying it. I am Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And I'm going to close our window. Good call. Uh, So, after the hype, with me as your host as always, Brian Dressel. With me as always is Jonathan Hardesty. Yo. And Chewie, as she just said, went to go close the window, so she can't say hi right now. But she would if she could. Right? Yeah. I doubt that came up. (laughs) But if it did, fantastic. My foot fell asleep. Oh. Excellent news. Uh, so this week, we're talking Return of the Jedi, the last of the original trilogy. Aw. It's a little mm, sad. The last of... The Jedi? Not as much infighting. Skywalkers? Anger. Politics? Yeah. <laughs> the last movie where they won't talk about sand? That's not true. They talk about sand in this movie. Uh, they do? Well, kind of. When they're on like the, the shuttle thing, and they're like, uh, I think I am being able to see better from a dark blob. Now I see a light blob. I take that kind of like sand. Yeah, and then Boba Fett takes his helmet off and says, I hate sand. Yeah, it's dry as no, course, and it gets everywhere. <laughs> it's in the new cut on Disney+. Oh, wait, Plus. there is a doy. They're on Tatooine. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, my God. I just don't know if they talked about the sand or not. Huh. That much I have no idea. Huh. No, Listen. they talked about the Sarlacc in the sand. I'm going to ignore that for now. Uh... I don't, I don't want to bring up the Sarlacc in the sand, guys, but it's a problem. The sarlacc in the sand? Yeah. You know, like the, elephant in the room. Oh. Let's change it to a sarlacc in the sand. I don't want to bring up the sarlacc in the sand. <laughs> but the sarlacc in the sand kind of... It's a massive problem. It is a massive problem, but it's easier to miss. Whereas if you have an elephant in the room and you're not talking about it, it's like, well, what the fuck else are you talking about? That, that phrasing makes it... I appreciate where you're going with it, but it's more like, I don't want to bring up the rancor in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fine. yeah. <laughs> There's a rancor in the room. We should be fucking talking about it. <laughs> this is a goddamn right. Why rancor. hasn't anyone talked to it? Why hasn't anyone talked about it up until this point? Yeah. Has seems urgent. Anyone else noticed the rancor in the room? <laughs> That's a new children's Not even the guy he's Star currently Wars. eating. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, so yeah, Return of the Jedi. This week uh, we're going to keep it the fashion we did last week and just skip over where have you been doing because there's so much to talk about. Who wants to hear about how? Bleh, Dark Fate was, now that I've seen it. Tune in last week to hear me be really mad about not being able to see it, and tune in this week for me to be really bleh about seeing it. Uh, you can talk about all right. how much you started to enjoy Grimm again, and how uh, Nick, because I can't remember his real name, really should be Kyle Rayner. Should really be Kyle yeah. Rayner. Really. Come on. Come on, internet. Listen to me. I tweeted it out. Tweeted it out. Tweet. Tweeted, tweeted. Beep, That's beep, the correct way to say it. Yeah. Tweet a bit, a bit, a bit. I am hip and cool. Totally on with the new crazes of the internet. Wow. <laughs> uh, Twitter is not a new craze. <laughs> this 10 year old company <laughs> is the new craze. Should I okay All right, Steve Buscemi. Myself? Yes, you should okay boomer yourself. <laughs> I'm 36 years old. Okay, boomer. Give yourself six, give yourself six help, okay boomers. <laughs> Oh, boy. Okay, so, yeah, <laughs> skipping over all of that really boring way I'm doing. Unless you have a, a snide comment about something you've done, John. Nope. Nope. Okay, great. So, Return <laughs> of the Jedi. Chewie, can you do us the favor of 
catching us up to speed on what is Return of the Jedi as quick as humanly possible. It's quick. It's quick. All right. Well, quick. Quick is we are uh, on Tatooine and, you know, run amok with Jabba the Hutt and we kill Jabba the Hutt and a bunch of people fall into the Sarlacc. And then we go off. They separate again. Luke goes to Dagobah. Han and Leia go to... The ships. <laughs> I forgot. They don't go to Endor right away. <laughs> the the fleet, rebel fleet. The rebel fleet. <laughs> the boats. <laughs> to the. This boats. is Chewie's favorite Star Wars movie, by the way. Just, just in case we haven't said it yet. All-time favorite Star Wars movie. If you couldn't tell, she loves this movie a lot. <laughs> she, lo- she loves the details. <laughs> you, you're telling me to do it quick. Quick. <laughs> so I'm like, they go to the ships. Uh, Pew pew and, lasers. Um, they formulate a plan, and uh, Yoda dies. Tells Luke, "Yeah, he's your father. Sorry, I didn't say that earlier." Uh, oh, and you got a sister. All right, bye. I'm dead. Uh, and then he's got a quick conversation with some ghosts, and then surprise, Leia Han, I'm here. Uh, I'm gonna be part of this fight too. Uh, and then they go off to Endor. Lando's there as well. And Lando's now flying the Millennium Falcon, and Han and Leia are do- are leading the charge on ground. Luke is going off and doing his own thing. Lando is leading the charge in the sky, and they all fight the Empire, and in the end they win thanks to a bunch of little Muppets. Also Ewoks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah, that works. Yeah. Uh, let's see, what did you miss? Hmm. A lot. Defi- definitely not the ships. Definitely not the ships. We covered the ships. There is a lot of ships. There are more than one ship. There's some ships Hence, that are really con- ships. Some ships are super confident, and then it turns out it's a trap because there's other ships on the other side of the moon. It's a trap. <laughs> um, so we didn't do this for the other two movies, but since this one did get a little bit of a little bit of shade thrown its way back when it came out, if you want to go back and read some hysterical reviews. From 1983, I highly recommend doing it because, my God, if they thought this movie was a problem, they had no idea they probably what was coming just for them. Wanted to jump off a building after they watched Michael Bay movies yeah. later. The major complaint with this movie, for those of you who don't know, too many special effects. It's like, what is and, this? And too many action sequences. And too many action sequences. It's like, oh, wow. Could you imagine taking these people that complained about Return of the Jedi and then just transporting them to? 2000 whatever and making them watch Transformers movie <laughs> they might have exploded or t- not even just like a Transformers movie just go for something completely weird like alright here watch this now watch Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow not a single shot does it into special effects whole movie shot on a green screen how about the Jungle Book you want to see special Sin effects Sin City Sin City like most of these actors weren't even on set together yeah. <laughs> oh man I want to make a super cut for these people of all the action scenes in Star Wars just like, one after the other and take out all the quiet moments yeah, good lord check out the Force Awakens <laughs> like yeah. whoo, or even Last Jedi like the whole movie's an action sequence like they had no idea no they they didn't they were ill prepared for the yeah. future yeah. of <laughs> cinema although although to take a different tack that's kind of cute though that that was Return of the Jedi was too much action for them like oh man Remember the day when that was too much action? <laughs> I'm like, there's oh. a lot of low points in this movie. There are. There are, and just because you have the you have a down moment when 
you're figuring out what's going on at Jabba the Hutt. I mean, it's a great intro to this movie. You have a down moment when Luke's going to go talk to Yoda. You have a down moment when they're actually discussing their plan for the attack that's longer than two minutes. <laughs> you have I, I think the, the, the down moment in Jabba's palace, though, is a little bit more of like, even though it's a down moment, like it's it's tough to hide the fact and don't don't get me wrong before we, we go too far into this. I love this movie. I, I think this movie's great. Um, but I am willing to see some of the things that people consider problems. Um, but everything in Jabba's Palace feels like a gargantuan toy commercial. Look at all the toys you can buy. Because everything in that palace was for sale. Sure. Because it's Star Wars. Oh, yeah. But yep. the fact of the matter is, you had that in A New Hope. You had the bar yep. sequence. That was just as elaborate with just as many different species lying around. But the difference is, and this is a very slight difference, in, in A New Hope, it, it was a, it was all built to introduce you to Star Wars, to the idea where there's a whole bunch of new aliens, new creatures, and you didn't know what you were seeing. It wasn't built as like, how crazy of a thing can we get in there to sell more toys? And I'm not saying that Marquand, uh, I think that's how you pronounce the last name. Um, Close enough. Was doing that on purpose to uh, to just sell more toys, but that is entirely what Fox was wanting him to do. Like especially after the first two movies and just how they blew the toy industry out of the fucking water. This movie had a job, and part of that job, beyond just tell the story it's supposed to tell, tell it well, which did both of those, sell as many toys as humanly possible. And you can just look at that from like a critical or like a cynical point of view, and it's like, yeah, the moments like this, the moments with the Ewoks. These are all very well designed to get us to buy stuff. And I'm not saying that's a problem because all the movies did it and all movies since have done it. But at the time, it was more of a shock and probably why more people were like, what is this? Like, what are we watching? Is this a G.I. Joe ad or is this a Star Wars movie? So I can see where they're coming from. I disagree with them. I don't think it's a bad thing, but I do see the arguments more. Well, right. Yeah, I can see where they're coming from because we've already had two movies and even Empire Strikes Back didn't have nearly the amount of like check out all these crazy creatures left and right and that kind of assaultive nature of all the stuff that Return of the Jedi hits you with pretty much from the beginning and throughout the whole thing there's like yeah it's I could see how for some people it would be a bit of a shock from Empire to go to this yeah I don't care well, yeah, that's the thing. Is, uh, it doesn't bother me either. Like, it's never bothered me. I love the movie. It's just... It's the fact that it bothers people. It was like, okay, that's your hang-up. Well, it, it's interesting going back to that, like, going to that complaint from where we sit now where we're just inundated with everything's purpose is to sell toys. Even the new Star Wars, it, without the toy-selling aspect, you don't have any more Star Wars from Disney. Like, it in and of itself can't exist without the other purpose. Whereas... Back then, you could have seen a world maybe where maybe it didn't have to do that. Well, no, but. It, it's. I feel like it's slowly shifted throughout the original trilogy, and then the prequel trilogy. I think did a much better job because it was just George all the time, of um, of just being the movies. Whether or not they're good is up for grabs. But the this one felt a little bit more like it got a little handcuffed into just like uh, the creativity got. I don't. I, I'm losing my train of thought here. Um, the prequels didn't feel as much of like a, a shuttle for merchandise, even though they were. Well, they were more merchandise based on ships and yeah. vehicles and stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas the prequels were very much about that. 
Yeah, it was all robots. about robots. Like, yeah, robots, tech stuff. Whereas like this one was more organic and like uh, it's probably one of the reasons why I like it more. Yeah, I, I love the Star Wars universe. I love learning about the different aliens that are in it. It's one of the things yeah. that annoys me about the new movies is they we have all these established aliens from four or four or five and six. Yeah, and they're not using any of them. No, like none at all. And I'm sick. Other so, than Chewie. Yeah, Wookies. Yeah. And then yeah. Like there's, it's a freaking. That's why I like the Java sequence. To me, that's just adding to the lush world. Sure, you can think about it as merchandising, but when I'm watching a Star Wars movie, I'm thinking about Star Wars. I'm not thinking about a toy store. No, and I agree with you. And I think there's actually something better to be said about the entire sequence of whenever you watch like Star Wars, especially like you get to like the Galactic Empire and you get uh, Darth Vader and all those people. You don't see any fucking aliens. You see a bunch of people. Well, that was one of times. the points of the empires that they were oppressive and they're kind of like the Third Reich. But exactly, and the thing is, in the books they go into that. In yeah. the movies, they don't. No. It's what you see is what you get, and if you can't piece this together, then you're not a part of that story. But I think any reasonable film goer go. Whenever I see the interesting people, it's when they're as far away from the empire as possible. Jabba's yeah. palace is filled with very few humans, and tons of aliens, yeah. and w- women and, and men yeah. all over the place. Yeah, and I think the same way that in. Uh, a New Hope, women and men everywhere. Yep. Whether well, or not yeah. all in it's the interesting women too that lines, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> that's a different problem. That, not <laughs> yeah. But they're present. Yes. <laughs> it's a great way of paying off the uh, hive of scum and villainy that was mentioned in A New Hope. Because you see some of that with the cantina and some of that, but just to see the ickiness of Jabba's palace, the seediness, and just the tactileness of his lair, and how gross it was. Like, sure, the toy, you know, review, like that, that critique against it, but not really, because I'm like, this is world building. This is so fascinating. This is a, an element of Star Wars that I've been interested to see for like two movies. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, I can see the argument and I can see the complaint. But for me, I think they did such a good job just telling the story while being a commercial that it doesn't matter because the commercial thing is there for people who don't care. And for those of us who do care, we have a great story here. And that's really mm-hmm. what matters. And I think that's the only reason the movie stood the test of time. Because if it was what these people back in 83 thought it was, we wouldn't care about it. And and you're also back in a time when being a geek or a nerd was not cool. No. And it stayed not cool up until, like, the early 2000s, essentially. Yeah, I'd credit it uh, when Marvel got popular. Yeah. Is when it started becoming cool to be. Right. It really started becoming cool. I mean, it was yeah. kind of cool when the Star Wars prequels came out. Kind of. I still got made fun of. It so did I, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. and what's what's interesting about that whole, like, nerd not being cool thing is this trilogy, especially Return of the Jedi after this, started introducing me to the extra stuff. The Not the extended universe, but all the materials that were sold had little bits of paragraphs of... Uh, lore and yeah. information from the Star Wars world, and I just ate that stuff up, and I was desperate for it. And it was a, a new, a new way of approaching this that I got from Return of the Jedi. Yeah, and there's always like the I know a lot of people actually got a lot of the story and backstory through toys, just the little paragraph on the back of the box. Like they put work into it. I did not, because I did not get those toys. Yeah, I uh... I got Rainbow Bright and My Little Ponies. Until I just got dinosaurs. I would get speeder bikes until all the speeder bikes had a little button on the back that when you pushed it, they'd explode. 
Oh, that sounds nice. Uh-huh. It was a lot of fun. And I'd always lose parts, and I'd always spend my allowance on a new one. The Let's... speeder bike I got for Return of the Jedi, the toy, um, the spring was too strong for the toy <laughs> itself, the plastic, so it never stayed together. And I was so pissed off. Most I was of, so angry. Most of my Star Wars toys I got from th- uh, thrift stores or garage sales. I mean, at least those are probably originals, at least. Right? Oh, I actually do have some that are probably quite valuable, but they're in my parents' uh, pole barn because we don't have any place to put them. Fair enough. Uh, I, I have got like we got like six Millennium Falcons. Nice. That's kind of why I want it. When we have a house, we're gonna hang them from the ceiling. Sounds good. Yeah. Let's move on. Um. So if that's kind of Jabba's palace, we, we should probably talk a little bit about the the rescue, just in general. Like I, I know we talked nothing but feelings the other two movies. This one I kind of want to talk a little bit about it, just because it is. I think this one just feels starkly different than the two before it, um, and I mean that in a good way. Uh, and particularly, it starts during that rescue because it goes from what was has been before primarily uh fantasy and fantasy action and magic and all this you know uh, it's fantasy but with a sci-fi paint over it and suddenly in this one specifically in this scene we go from fantasy to pirate movie with a (laughs) sci-fi paint over it and it's total swashbuckling it's a guy swinging from one ship onto another ship landing with his sword out and grabs the girl and takes the rope from fucking nowhere and swings somehow off of a boat onto that another really boat doesn't make any sense. doesn't make any fucking sense but it's cool <laughs> and like they had luke walk the fucking plank like like he just turned full pirate and i'm like this works yeah i mean scum villainy pirates yeah exactly han was a smuggler he worked for jabba the hut it all comes together it, it does but it wasn't something that <coughs> I think I ever would have expected had I been alive when these came out. I can't put no. myself into the mindset of people in the 80s. <laughs> I mean, I try. Because I try to look at this thing as it came out. Because that's the only way I can look at it with an even remotely critical eye. Is Because if I look at it from just my point of view, I love that it's perfect. You shut up. Exactly. And, but I, <laughs> We're a film review podcast. We have to try to be critical. Try to look at it from another point of view. Which is what I'm trying to do. Because like... The, the swashbuckling yard was not at all an empire. Well, no. it's quite a shock. It's quite a shock to watch that after having just got, like, in my long, like, marathon of these movies back in the day, the first time I watched them, going from just this, like, downer ending, we're going we're gonna to figure out something to rescue Han, to, like you said, yeehaw, swashbuckling. <laughs> it was such a, a shift. Like, I was surprised for about half the movie. <laughs> I mean, it was like, what is this section of the movie that we just got before the space? Like, we got a pirate movie in our space movie just kind of crammed right in there, and it was good. Yeah, and it works. The only complaint I have with the whole thing is I wish somebody had just spent an hour more with Mark Hamill doing some sort of lightsaber choreography. Because he's really just <laughs> swinging that thing like there's no tomorrow. Just, Well, it's just Luke's hubris is so <laughs> intense in this movie at times oh it is yeah like i love oh my god Luke in this movie i love his confidence it, but as an adult <laughs> i'm a little more critical of his confidence <laughs> and however much he does earn it for every now and then it's just like okay luke just take it back a moment here <laughs> Right. Jabba, this is your last chance. Okay, okay. We, we know Luke, you're a Jedi. Come on. <laughs> you're real cool, right, dude. Luke. I like your all black look. So. All right, Luke, walk over here to this grate on the floor and just stand there for a second. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, just, he does not see. He is just all over the place. 
But it does, it kind of reminds me of Rey in the new movies when she's trying to do some of her lightsaber stuff on her own. And you're just like, what are you doing, girl? Oh, totally. And I, I, <laughs> I, the more I thought about it, the more I liked that he doesn't have any training beyond just to swing the thing like crazy because it's yeah. a fucking laser sword. People are going to run away. The bigger <laughs> problem I have with that sequence is that people are falling intact to the Sarlacc. Oh, they should no. be in pieces. Oh, yeah. He is lasering the fuck out of them. They should be limbs um, everywhere. They don't even need to do blood because he'd be cauterizing the wounds as he did it. But yeah. they should be losing <laughs> arms and torsos oh, and legs. The way he's oh, swinging, that's, that's just the absolutely. 80s for you, man. It's <laughs> yeah. just the 80s, man. Um, Lightsabers didn't hit as hard in the 80s, dude. <laughs> and they, they cut through speeder bikes, but somehow they don't cut through stormtroopers. Come on. Uh, oh, it's a skill upgrade. Yeah, Luke got it by then. <laughs> the the thing I was going to mention though is that I, if you compare the lightsaber fights in this one and in all the new trilogy, and then you go back to the prequel trilogy, there is something to be said about like, well, no, these guys are trained. They spent so much more money on training people. But not 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 even just thinking behind the scenes. Just think about like the world. Yeah. There's no right. Jedi Order with Luke to train him how to use a lightsaber beyond use the Force to block the shit that's going to hit you in the face. Yeah. Um. Ray gets even less than that. So, of course, they don't have to do it. Ray uses her lightsaber like it's a bow staff because that's how she knows how to fight. Mm-hmm. Luke right. uses it like a stick because that's all he would know it is. And then you go back to the prequel trilogy and they teach them like fucking like pristine weapons that should be respected because that's what yeah, they are. Yeah, it was. It- it was yeah. interesting to see, and we'll get to that way later, uh, the lightsaber as a dance. As, like The yeah. combat as a dance, whereas this is just like, swing and hit, hope, it, hope I hit you. Cool. <laughs> this force thing is really cool, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, I love it. I think it works. Yeah. Um, I think it's great. But I think for this Jabba scene, we, we, we've kind of danced around it, but we can't get away with it with Return of the Jedi. The addition to the Jabba the Hutt scene of the, the band that plays before the Twilight oh. goes under. We weren't talking about yeah. the special edition. Yeah, I can avoid it because I didn't watch it. I still <laughs> bought those. Uh, I bought the last DVD version that had the original copies on it, and that's all that I watched. Again, though, yeah, we're yeah. talk about it. Since my exposure was to the special edition first, I understand why it is a mood breaker. <laughs> it's a yeah. mood killer. It's, it, destroys. it is a mood killer. He sings directly into the camera. And you I see s- the spit. Yep. It's a... I still thought it was fun because I like the backup singers. Sure, they're cute, and uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's just—it's such a—it was such I a bonkers a soft... change. Yeah. I think Return of the Jedi wins for the most bonkers change, and that is the change that is like the most out there out of the, the original trilogy. George wanted a music video, and I guess it. Yeah, if you're going to talk about tonal shift, that is the most critical tonal shift that you could imagine. So, yeah, fourth wall breaking CGI monstrosity. Again, yeah, could that's you pretty big. The reviews in 1983, if that had been in there, <laughs> uh, Return of the Jedi this, killed me. I would think, and this is going to be a bold, super, super dorky claim, but whatever. If the version of Return of the Jedi that's on Disney Plus right now is the version that came out, we wouldn't like it as much. Maybe not. But then again, yeah, the one sure. on Disney Plus right now has the. No. no, no! Oh my God! Fuck that! Fuck. Well, the Blu-ray also has no as well, and yeah. we'll get to that. And that's why we say no to that. Yeah, that's why and we, don't, we don't watch that. <laughs> we only watch the DVD because if you're say. going, because talk about killing the mood, yeah. having well, oh. 
I was saving that for last. We'll we'll get to that. But we'll before get there, we yeah. do that, we need to move on to the next scene that I wanted to talk about, which is goodbye Yoda. I know we just got new baby Yoda for those of you uh, watching The Mandalorian, which I have not. I've just had that spoiled for me. Um, I'll get there. I'm planning on watching it eventually. Um, but the goodbye Yoda scene. I this is far and away my favorite scene in all the new tri- all the uh, original trilogy. Uh, specifically because Yoda's a stone cold motherfucker, and it's awesome. <laughs> yep. So. <laughs> For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, allow me to explain it to you. At this point, Luke has shown up to return and finish his training, which he's already finished because he's built his own lightsaber. He faced off the guy he's supposed to fight and didn't turn into the dark side. He's essentially a Jedi. The last thing he has to do is overcome the last like, major hurdle, which is kill his dad. That sucks, but that's the last thing you really have to do to become a Jedi. So when he's told he has to do this, he's like, wait, so I have to kill my father. That's not good. So Yoda, bro, is Vader my dad? And Yoda pauses and goes, I'd rather die than answer that question, and goes, rest, rest I must. <laughs> this is too much drama. Uh-uh. <laughs> I knew I was going to die soon. I assumed it'd be before you asked that. <laughs> die soon I must. <laughs> and then he's just going to be really... The amount of breath he says... You could have just said, Leia's your sister. Yeah, if he hadn't wasted so much time trying to avoid the elephant in the room, sorry, Sarlacc in the sandpit, sorry, Rancor in the room, uh, he could have just answered the fucking question. Yeah, Vader's your dad, Leia's your sister, hey, the Force is mystical and crazy. Leia's your dad, uh, (laughs) Vader's your dad, Leia's your sister, don't try to kill Kylo, it won't go well. You'll figure out who he is later. He'll probably go by Ben. Uh, anything Which else? Which makes no sense. Anything else? Yeah. Uh, if you want some more blue milk, I know some big fish thing you can get some out of. Uh, I think that checks all the boxes. Peace, I'm out of here. It's a much better scene. Okay, Boomer. <laughs> I love that meme. <laughs> now listen here, you little uh. shit. <laughs> um... But otherwise, I, 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 joking aside and joking aside about his shutting down that question, I love that scene. Hamill sells the shit out of it. Like it's a very good. Like you're you're at the end of the line here. There's nothing I can teach you. You're your own western enemy yeah. at this point. I love it. It's well, great. and how can how can Hamill top Empire Strikes Back with his time with Yoda? Oh, he can in Return of the Jedi, and he does even yeah. more so. Like in shorter period of time, it's like goddamn. Seeing the character arc of Luke going from whiny farm boy to overconfident Jedi is amazing. Yeah. And it's, it's just done so well in both this conversation and the one after with Alec Ennis, uh, Obi-Wan. It's just like you, you just see how much he's grown. Cause you didn't really get a scene with him and Obi-Wan in uh, empire. They kind of talk near each other and he kind of talks at him, but they don't really have, there's no sitting on a long and talking to him. Yeah. Which happens in this right. one. It's really nice seeing the two of them together again after having a whole movie apart. And it's like, yeah, he's grown a ton. Excuse me. A whole bunch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So should we move to Endor? Endor. The forest moon of Endor. Forest moon of Endor. Not Endor itself. Nope. 
Right, it's, it's that like Frankenstein's monster situation it's again. It's four, it's it, the moon, it, it, <laughs> it's not the planet. Um, <laughs> this is where a lot of people, uh, going back to my 1983 reviews, basically went, well, this franchise just out of ideas. Now we're just running around with Muppets in the woods. And as a kid, I'm like... And how is that not an amazing idea? First off, how is that not an amazing idea? Secondly, shut up. Like, it's awesome. And we get the speeder bike chase through the fucking Redwoods. It's amazing. Oh, my God. Like, that was so amazing. Ama- Even today, like, yeah, it looks a little cheesy. The The rotoscoping isn't perfect. But we're watching the 83 version going, this looks great. Like It takes great. your breath away. Yeah. The, my biggest problem with the speeder bike thing is Luke running back to the encampment afterwards because you're like, dude, you just traveled like 100 miles. Yeah, you're going real fast. Like, you just ran back to Han. And it's not like you had well, a just... ride to take back. <laughs> <laughs> he called it an, an Uber, an Ewok Uber. Yeah, there you go. Or just did Force Run. Like, he put some skill points in that, right? Yeah, they, for... they don't show Force Run. I don't know if Luke knows how to do that. He doesn't know the Speed Force? No. <laughs> Come on. That's such a good one. <laughs> I gave it to you. I gave it to you. <laughs> oh my God. Jedis and speedsters would have so much to talk about. What? There's evil versions of yours? Yeah, there's even versions of mine. Yeah. We have the reverse Flash. He's a dick. He killed my mom. <laughs> ah, dude. My dad's my worst enemy. <laughs> you want to talk about <laughs> shitty parents? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and how? <laughs> Um, I, I, there's very little on the whole Endor, Moon of Endor sequence that I dislike. Pretty much from the moment they get there with little Warwick Davis, uh, who was 12, I think when they shot this was what I looked up last night. Um, like just his physicality is so great. Like he really does bring something to Wicket, which is impressive for a 12 year old. Um, through Leia's interactions with them, through the whole tree fort storytelling with 3PO, all the way through the whole battle. like I, There's very little I dislike. I get why people don't like it, and Chewie actually had a good theory about it. I'll let her explain it, just about how the lighting's different uh, outdoors. But uh, I'll just let you explain it. Well, it's just one of the things in general in action movies and serious sci-fi and whatever. People are so used to the neons, the darkness of space, or the harshness of fluorescent lights, and all this like very manufactured spaces Mm -hmm. and you don't and you don't have that in parts of endor you're seeing a very organic real location with these fantastic things in them and they are lit naturally and it's kind of like when i watch Mm. stuff on a red camera i guess and it looks like a freaking cheap reality show or yeah. Blah, I can't talk well right now. This is great podcasting. Even the even the stormtrooper uh, armor looks a little bit weird so, in the yeah, natural lighting. It's totally different tonally than everything in Empire Strikes Back, which what we think was mostly 90% indoors. I mean, I, I have nothing to base that off of just my own, just having yeah. seen the movie a bunch of times, but none of it, beyond some yeah. scenes in Hoth, it looks like it's all outdoors. I and mean, all indoors. The only exterior stuff you got in uh new hope was in a desert yeah which was very tungsten like all the lighting and everything so it just it speaks to i mean like how everyone always talks about each one of these movies has a different color palette and in in jedi it is shot differently yeah and 
Mm-hmm. So that pulls some people out. Again, to me, it's just adding the realism of the universe. No, and there's something especially about the the location of the Redwoods, which you can go to. That entire we area. Went there. Yeah, we went there. It's the tree that the guy crashes into, like the butt end of it. It's still there. Still there. We had photos of it. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, and the guy is still like lodged into it. Poor guy. This, poor like, guy. this guy's is like, fucking help. Yeah. Stop feeding me and keeping me alive and get me out of the fucking tree. Some Ewoks tried to eat us. Yeah. It was a great birthday. Ewoks, if you really break them down, they're horrifying. Well, they are horrifying. They totally ate all those stormtroopers. Oh, absolutely. Oh, and, yeah. And the excellent question that Cherry brought up, where did they get Leia's dress from? Well, I didn't, I, but the internet brought that up. Oh, sorry. I was sorry. just repeating that. But it's a very good question. They're pretty... Who did they eat yeah, to get that dress? Yeah, we're sure they ate somebody. <laughs> <laughs> to just have some... That happened to be the same size as Leia. When their golden god said, hey, don't eat my friends, they went, eat them faster? You got it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't talk. How about a song? do The Ewoks singing. I, I felt like you're going a little Robin Hood. Like, I can't. You know, I can't sing. <laughs> but no, I love the little song that the Ewoks is like. He's like, oh, cool, <laughs> yeah. And now I can't do it. <laughs> I can hear it. I it's going it right too. now in it's my head. Right it's not going to come out of my mouth, though. If, what's well, we'll just sit here is, for a few minutes in silence while we all play the music in our head. It's not that. Well, now, Robin Hood and Little John were walking through the forest. Hold on, I think I got it. Na 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 Not Batman? Damn it. Okay, we don't have it. Go, go, Power Rangers. Nope. Oh, uh, 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 that sounded so right for a second. Um, but doesn't so, it always? And so, like, this gets to one of my annoyances, where people always go, like, well, the, the, ah, uh, what are they called? Prequel trilogy? No, in the friggin' things. The pe- not penguins. Ships? In Last Jedi. Oh, the puffins. Uh, yeah, but they're not puffins. They were but just, they are porgs. They're covered up porgs. with porgs. porgs. People always be like, the porgs <laughs> are the new Ewoks. And I'm like, bitch, please. <laughs> Ewoks are sentient, organized, cultured beings. Also, a porg is have... not going to eat you. Yeah, that's what I mean. Ewoks have purpose. Ewoks have motivation. They have thought process. They have technology, rudimentary technology, but they have it. They have weapons. Yeah. They have... Porgs are just... They're like rats. They're all over that island. <laughs> and they're not... And yes, they're cute. They're very but cute. But you should just eat them. Yeah, Chewie should eat the porg. Chewie went through all that work. He killed yeah. the porg. He plucked the porg. He sauteed not sauteed but roasted the porg just eat it just eat the porg just yeah it. just go for it the it porg just, is not going to bring know. anything else to the series and <laughs> yeah so Ooh, if whatever you're complain about these things were made to just uh make toys out of if we're going to choose between ewoks and porgs well yeah but I, I mean unfortunately that is the choice but i don't think it should be because ewoks i mean there's no denying that Ewoks were made to sell toys because there are. I've never actually looked in the validity of the rumor, but there was always the rumor that it was, it was supposed, supposed to be, be Wookies. Wookies, yeah. yeah. Um, but they wanted to sell more toys, so they needed a new species. So they came up with Ewoks, which makes sense yeah. in a way, and like it definitely does make the film a lot more child friendly. Which after Empire, which was very child scary, uh, that kind of works. Like there's all these things that I I can see the studio notes behind it, and I can see how. Kazdan and it's Lucas super and Marquand. silly. I'll never deny yeah. that it's silly. But the the best thing about but, it is that it's... And we're going to kind of move into the, the Luke Vader of it all now. The best thing about it is that while it is being silly with these 
Ewoks and crazy characters and crazy scenes and crazy whatever, it still isn't afraid to have teeth when it needs to. Yeah. And if it wasn't for that, I think the movie would have failed. Um, oh, yeah, because once you start getting into Vader and Luke and the Emperor, that is that goes dark. And, like, it's a giant seesaw. This movie is a whole seesaw of tone, that goofiness that you absolutely need. Now that I watch it again and again, I'm like, oh, I get it. This is really important to have here. The, the, the kiddiness the and with the Ewoks yeah. while Luke is being psychologically tortured. Yeah, by the Emperor, who is just Mike. Oh, how am I blanking on his name? Uh, Palpatine. Palpatine. Not Palpatine, the actor's name. Um, oh, Ian McDermott. Thank you. Ian, um, Ian just just chews the scenery like fucking Vincent D'Onofrio in Daredevil level. Just like <laughs> I'm the bad guy, <laughs> and it's just he almost looks like the painting that he stares at. He does. It, it's just. <laughs> It looks, he's just so good in this movie. Like, it's him, and like he, I don't think he gets enough credit in the prequel trilogy, which we'll get there uh, after next week's 300 episode. Um, but we'll get there. But he, he just plays this character so well that it almost makes you wish that he'd been in the other two movies. They wouldn't have worked as well with him. He's a hologram in he, Empire. He, yeah, for a brief moment. <laughs> but this is well, really where it's the interesting. shows up. Yeah. Yeah, and he did such a good job that... They had him later on replace who they used before in Empire. Like, that's a mark of him being that good. Yeah, and, like, the that's one of the only things in the Empire redux that I was like, kind of don't mind this one. This one still kind of works. It looks a little weird, but it's okay. Um, but in this one, I, I just, I love... Just again, uh, we we talked about it a little bit last time uh, with Vader and the Rule of Two, and this one I, I'll bring it up again because I love this whole plan of the Emperor's, which isn't to make Luke a powerful ally; it's to get rid of Vader and get a new younger ally to get them to fight to the death, and then whoever survives and, and, is the better and ally. a potentially more powerful ally. Yeah, because depending on which things you adhere to Luke is more powerful than Vader basically because he has all of his body parts except for his hand right uh I'm not sure if I adhere to that philosophy with the force but some people do I don't um I always thought he was the more powerful just because it was the whole idea of like the dwindling of the force powers I've always kind of bought into the force balance thing Mm -hmm. um so there's only one good user right now. There's two bad. So by math, we have more on this one than the half over there. Mm. It, it made sense in my head when I was a kid. It still kind of makes loosey-goosey sense now. But either way, <laughs> uh, the, the long and the short of it is what, what the Emperor wants is the strongest apprentice yeah. possible. So whoever wins this fight is the stronger apprentice. Great for him. And I just, I love it. I just, I love all of it. I love all of it all the way to like when Luke finally swings his lightsaber and Vader is just right there with the block. And it's just like, and just that grin of just like, ha, ah, I just won. Like the Emperor oh, just starts a... taking his victory lap early. Well, that's oh, yeah, where that... his hubris gets the better of him. Yeah. Because he didn't win. No. He that look wrong. that the Emperor makes when the lightsabers cross each other is scary. Like, I can't, that's seared in my brain. Oh, I can't yeah. get rid of it. It's so good. Just his laugh right there. The <laughs> it's just. It's it's perfect. I love that whole whole fucking sequence down to the the design of the room, the music, the performances, all of it. It's fucking perfect. And it all leads yeah. up to my 
perfect moment in Star Wars. Go for it. Because the reason this movie is my favorite movie, beyond all the fun things I enjoy and the color tone and everything, is the moment when Luke is hiding and Darth Vader is taunting him. Oh, oh yeah. It's so good. Because it's a cat and mouse, father, son, good, evil, all this stuff. And you just have Vader taunting Luke saying, well... I'm going to get you and then feeling into him and Luke is just bleeding out emotionally. Yep. Uh, so he's very open and he like he's open to his father and he can tell that he, he goes, sister, sister, oh, you have a sister. Well, I'm going to get her. And just the, the way Mark Hamill is breathing in that sequence and the lighting and the music and everything. And then when he comes out, he screams never. And he lunges full on at oh. Vader. And just completely losing it. Whacking. Ba- like, we thought he was going crazy before. He's just <laughs> whacking back and forth. Totally overwhelming Vader. And you have the music. Oh, it's like swell. it's it's swelling into just this thing. You can feel it in your heart. Like every time I watch it, it like it makes me start to tear up because I'm so wrapped up in the desperation where he wants to save his father. He wants to save the rebellion, but he also needs to protect his sister. And the level of conflict and desperation in him in that moment is as about as raw as cinema ever gets. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. And yeah, and then he beats his father down. It's not good combat at all. He's just beating him almost like he's got a club. And Vader falls down, and then he slices off his hand. And the only thing that redeems him is seeing that my my father sliced off my hand, and now I've sliced off his hand. I am becoming him. Yep. And then the Emperor comes laughing, because he knows that in the moment. And it's just such a... Again, just raw moment for Luke, where it's just like, have I lost myself? Am I redeemable? And it's all happening right in that sequence. And then you get the, the fucking classic with the so be it, Jedi. Yeah. Like, and oh, it's so good. <sighs> I mean, honestly, if if the Emperor maybe hadn't have taunted him, who knows if Luke would have actually fallen. But it is... Oh. You'd like to think I don't... that... I don't know. The Emperor, he should have kept his mouth shut. He should have kept his mouth shut. But, I mean, there's it's Luke, so there's a good chance he was always going to stop himself. But there's, yeah, which he did do. Yeah. He, he did. But it it's so... it's There was a chance of him falling. That yeah. you could see it. It yeah. was there. Yeah, the Vader pushed him, I think, as far as he could be pushed. Yeah. Um... Now, there's something oh, to be said so, about so good. <laughs> the scene is so good. So good. And then the Emperor starts lightning the fuck out of Luke, and he's just pleading for his father to help. And this is just where the fucking, the acting from David Prowse, the directing from Marquand, um, forgive me if I'm getting his last name wrong, um, the music, the editing, all of it worked so, this is where I said it perfect. crescendos. But this crescendo where he's just torturing the fuck out of Luke and you just have this look on Vader's face where he looks down he looks at the Emperor he looks down again and he picks up the Emperor and chucks him down a fucking elevator shaft of lightning and it's just like 
And yeah, you're seeing emotions on an emotionless face. It, it's it is done still to this day so <laughs> yeah. fucking well that the fact that Lucas thought he could throw in no, no, like what the fuck? It's awful. Were you thinking? It is what is it is sacrilege in my mind. You're taking a moment that doesn't need dialogue. You you appear cinema here. You don't need someone yelling something. To understand what is happening. It is it is mm-hmm. the worst change. I'll take fucking Greedo shooting a thousand times, shooting Han sucks in laser bolts next to his face before I will ever take this change. Mm-hmm. Like this one just, because it was so, so perfect. Like it's just one of those things where it's like, no, yeah. we, nev- we never questioned it. We were never in no. the, the point of like, why did he throw him? I don't understand what happened. They were just about to high five. Oh, he didn't have a hand, so maybe they're going to try to high five. I don't know what's going on. What? What? <laughs> I like that as your audience reaction. Thank you very much. Uh- <laughs> so dumb. Um, but I think w- earlier when I mentioned how the very beginning at the Jabba's Palace was an egregious change, but we can understand it. Like Return of the Jedi ha- kind of has that unfortunate thing of being the movie that has the biggest. Cr- out, out there changes that really affect the movie in terms of tone and what to expect and I, and I agree with you guys the Darth Vader thing with the no just really just cuts it at the knees and cuts that effectiveness and for me that's why it's always a tough one to come back to this one I like that moment that that, that last act of Star Wars is perfect but that moment just really takes the wind out of the sails almost especially with the change and it makes you address the fact that these movies have been changing all over the years, all over time, like we're we're watching a changing thing still, and it's always a frustrating thing, especially when it, when they got it right, when they got it perfect there. And that's why I'm happy we have bought in so many versions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm very happy we own these DVDs. It fucking it ruined dinners for a week for me because I had so little money. It was still <laughs> the right call. It was. Spent ninety you, bucks you on these fucking knew. things at Tower you Records. Somehow knew. <laughs> That everyone's request of having the originals by themselves was never going to happen. Yep. And I was like, nope, I got to buy them. I have to buy them. I yeah. don't know why I feel like I have to get these, but I have to get these. It yeah. was the right I call. was even criticizing at the time because I was just like, no, we have so many versions. Why uh, do we need another? Oh, we were not dating when these came out. We weren't? No, I was in the dorms. This is back when you hated me as being the guy who annoyed oh. all of your uh, your edit sessions with Then Grant. I don't know which ones I told you not to buy. The Blu-ray ones I got for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh snap! <laughs> well, okay, backstory. <laughs> All right, buckle down, kids. It's backstory time. The Blu-rays came out before, or when Disney bought them. Before. Before. Uh, a few years before, before, yeah. But I, I had heard that they had done additional changes to the Star Wars films, and I went. That's bullshit. I don't need that. <laughs> and I put that on Facebook. Yeah. And apparently Brian had already purchased it for my birthday. Yes, I had. <laughs> Bought that nice and early. Oh. Again, had no money. <laughs> Was making 300 bucks a week at Starbucks. And I'm like, no, my girlfriend deserves the best. <laughs> Nobody ever buy this oh, for shit. me because fuck these things. <sighs> <laughs> I felt really bad. Good. <laughs> And I watched them with you. I still have multiple times. You've seen Empire. That's the only one you'll watch. 
they changed more in yeah. New Hope yep. and Jedi. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Cause and you, the prequel trilogy. There was, the one time, those, there was the one time I tried watching the Jedi those. one like with those. you, and I just about almost threw a chair at the TV when the no happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's. Oof. I was not prepared for that. I'm sitting there in the moment, fully invested, as always, about no. to tear up. Oh, we're so- watching the wrong one. <laughs> and suddenly, Vader's saying no. And I'm just like, what is this shit? We're They're- watching the wrong version. Wrong version, wrong version. Let me hit pause. <laughs> God. It was like like watching X-Men Last Stand and going, what? No. None of this is right. This is awful. What is this pile of I'm shit? I'm the juggernaut, bitch. Oh, no. Well, that I didn't hate. Oh, why? Because that was Darth funny. Vader. Was it? After saying. Turning the Phoenix They're going to put McClunky in the new version of Return. Was bullshit. That was also bad. Uh, saying no in the middle of the most emotional moment in the entirety of Star Wars is bullshit. That already worked. And it worked so well. I know. We're ragging on this real long. Well, it's very upsetting. Yes. Um. The only other change Hello? that I feel like we should mention beyond the removal of the Nyub Nyub song, which is awesome um, and very sad it's not Hello? there anymore. Which I have a CD with two different versions of it on it. La-dee-da. Yeah, because I've um, it a long time ago. A lot of people have a lot of issues with a lot of things. A lot, a lot, a lot. I'm trying to say is a lot of people have brought up the um, Hayden Christensen at the end as being a major problem. Personally, I don't see any issue with it. I might be out of my mind for saying that, but we never saw anyone under the mask except for Hayden Christensen. So at that point, to make it actually tie together, I buy it. Yeah, me too. I agree. Wait, what? So the whole, the ghost parade at the end with... Yeah, but we saw the guy when he took off the mask at the end of Yeah, in fully Charizard out mode with a huge (laughs) wound on his head and he just, he looks like a fucking albino okay. avocado so you're saying if he's not like that then he looks like Hayden Christensen yeah alright I the argument for me with that is better with the whole his ghost goes back to when he was a light Jedi no that's also fine like yeah. I'm fine with any of it the, yeah. the long and the short of it is I don't th- the ire of how dare they put Hayden Christensen at the end I'm like I actually I, I might eat these words over the next few weeks I don't hate Hayden Christensen in these movies I, I don't think he's the greatest in them but I think he did the best he possibly fucking could. It's just George is really good at making good actors give oh, bad performances. Exactly, and I, I think yeah. George isn't a director. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I think Hayden Christensen did the best he possibly could. So him getting a moment in a good movie is kind of like, ah, good for you, buddy. God, you got it in there. <laughs> he got in a good one, and I just kind of a little happy for him. Like I said, I might eat those words, especially in three weeks when we cover Attack of the Clones, but. As of right now, I'm still thinking fondly of like thinking of him on uh, on the sidelines during the holiday celebrity soccer game in England, and somebody go, "Yeah, Annie, you can do it!" And him just going and getting finger guns <laughs> and going, "Thanks, man." It's like, aw, aw. <laughs> like I like him. He's funny. Oh, um, just poor Hayden. All right, so we've been talking for he an hour. He didn't write any of the dialogue. No, it's not his not. fault. <laughs> now he's starting to sound like him. It's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was the sand that wrote the dialogue. The sand, I hate it. I uh. hate sand! <laughs> oh my god, if you've never listened to rap recaps, you should listen to the rap recap of the prequel trilogy. It has one moment that fucking 
kills me. It's so good. Check it out. Um, but we've been talking for an hour. What have we missed? What are the What's the Return of the Jedi thing that you really wanted to bring up, but you weren't able to? I was able to get in my whole Yoda, I'd rather die than answer that question. Um, <laughs> but what about you? Um, what's, your, uh, what's your go-to thing? I think Chewie might have already gotten her thing with the, uh, the super emotional moment. I can't think of anything else that I could add other than the, the matte paintings were beautiful were beautiful and amazing. And seeing the Millennium Falcon as Han and Lando were talking about it, it's just like, oh, so cool and so impressive. Just the art design in Return of the Jedi, just so good. Because it's a great movie. I would That's s- all I need to say. It's a great movie. I would so much rather watch a painting background than a CGI background. Totally. Any day. Because it just feels better. Yep. But this is just. Yeah, and I don't think they've changed it right now. So, because uh, <laughs> this shit isn't going away. No. So I think we yeah. should. Uh, I think we should move into quotes. Quote unquote. Quote 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 quotes. And I can go first. The quintessential Star Lord Star Wars Star Wars line is in this movie, and it's delivered by one Mister. I don't know your name because I never looked it up. But he points a gun at Han Solo and goes. You rebel scum. It's amazing. <laughs> it's a, He does it so well. His voice is just perfect. It's just that, you rebel scum. And he's just so it. drips it. so deliciously. You can just see that this guy has been like a Star Wars fan his whole fucking life. And he's so excited to just see the third one and then got a job in the third one. He's like, all right, you just need to come out and say one line. Just call it, just say, you rebel scum. And he's like, oh, I got this shit. One and done. And I just like to believe that... <laughs> One day on set and just crushed it. And they're like, yeah, good job. We're done with this one. Yeah, his name is One Take Terry. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I just like to imagine the entire set just kind of stood and applauded for a little bit. Like, oh, he nailed that line. Nailed it. (laughs) I should really start making movies about behind the scenes and just do my own version (laughs) of it. Yeah. I'm sure it's way more interesting than what actually happened. (laughs) And stupid as hell. Um, I don't remember the exact line because i didn't write it down but i love the part when luke goes in he's talking to no not luke leia comes in with chewy and c-3po is trying to translate and jabba whacks him knocks him over <laughs> and c-3po comes back up going what did i say <laughs> i love that he's covered in green slime like what did he land in yeah, it's one, of the, it's one of the rare moments where someone actually gets mad at C-3PO, knocks him over. Usually Han just turns him off. Uh, so. Han, if Han was out of the carbonite, he'd be like, I'm so jealous right now. Because <laughs> no C-3PO is also him. deathly terrified of getting tortured. So. Uh, what well. did I say? <laughs> uh, yeah, for me, the quote that always gets to me, and it's always after uh, Han gets broken out of the carbonite he reunites with chewbacca and chewbacca basically just gives him the whole backstory of the the, his time away and han solo goes a jedi knight jeez i'm out of it for a little while and everyone gets delusions of grandeur and just (laughs) harrison ford does a great delivery (laughs) that delivery is so good the entire thing of of han being blind harrison ford's performance is amazing Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just that that delivery kills me every single time we get to it. And I've started to look forward to that when I watch Return of the Jedi. I, I think my favorite moment of that, it comes like right after that with uh, Luke, Han, how we doing? Same as always. That bad, huh? 
It's just great. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. The 80s critics were fucking wrong. They were. Um, <laughs> review system for this week. I did not have one prepared. You never do. I sometimes do. That's how I'm able to have one right away. If we, I ever say the review system this week and I come out of the gate with one, granted in the editing, I always do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, ha. Cool. Um, so this week will be describe your speeder bike. <sighs> I'll go first. Well, I'm going to go for... Oh, go for it, John. Oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I had mine locked in place, but we'll let you go first. Okay. Uh, I don't have one locked in place. I was going to make it up just as I was talking, but here we go. So I'm going to go for a speeder bike that is painted purple, because purple is my favorite color, Um, but like a muted purple, like not super bright, so it sticks out in the woods, but you know, just a little bit. So like, you'll see like, like, ooh, what was that? Um, And it's like, oh, it's Brian on his bike. Um, and it works perfectly and it does not explode because like the ones that I had when I was a kid, they exploded and it's really annoying. And this one's just perfect. It's a little different. It's purple, but it works. It works really well. <laughs> uh, so for me, mine is, it looks on the outset like a normal speeder bike from Return of the Jedi, except it's got a large adhesive or rubber band or something around it to keep the damn thing from exploding like the goddamn toy I had as a kid. No, I'm not bitter. <laughs> Chewy, you look like you have trouble with this one. I have no idea what to do. It's a really good speeder bike. <laughs> <laughs> I have absolutely trying to think of something no, clever. No, that's it perfect. Not... <laughs> it's a speeder oh. bike that seems to have a little bit more safety protocols to it. Speeder bike with safety belt. Yeah. It knows what it needs to do and self-driving ha- speeder bike. And it has it it has like that whole cruise control thing that cars have these days, but it avoids it the haters. Oh, the sensor, the automatic yeah. sensor thing sensor. or whatever. The haters going to hate sensor. Beep 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 you're going to hit a tree too late. Well, that was fantastic. No, it's terrible. <laughs> that was that was just the best. Um, so that brings. I can't in put it. emotions on a speeder bike. <laughs> you can just write emotions. Happy, sad, force. Um, <laughs> Doesn't do this movie justice. It just makes it look silly. It is a little silly. That's okay. Um, so that brings an end to the original trilogy. That's it. We did it. Covered all three. Three down, three to go. But next week we have to take a little break. Uh, as we celebrate episode 300 of After the Hype, there are 300 episodes that you cannot listen to because all of them are not available. But we've recorded 300. We've actually recorded like 303, but some of them didn't come out. But we've released 300. Uh, well, not as of right now. Right now we're releasing 299. I can do this all day. Uh, uh, next week. <laughs> no, keep, keep going. Keep going. I'm so into this. I need to be in bed in 15 minutes. I'll stop that. <laughs> Next week, we are celebrating episode 300 after the hype with the movie Zack Snyder's 300. Be sure to check it out. I'm very excited to talk about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and then the week after that, we start the prequel trilogy. And then three weeks of that, then you get to see the new Star Wars movie if you shell out 20 bucks and go see it. Uh, we have nothing to do with that. That's on you. Uh, as far as the rest of the plugs go, be sure to check out ATHpod.com where we have everything that you're listening to now and everything that you want to listen to later, uh, including all of our shows, which I'm not going to name them. Go there and check it out. Uh, <laughs> do some work yourself god damn it yeah hhpod.com I, I, I would list it all out but you should just go there I guarantee you if you're into pop culture we have something for you 
Uh, Indeed. Uh, John, what else do you have to plug? Other than all the stuff in ATHpod.com, right now, that's it. Perfect. Cheery? Superstore. Superstore! On Thursday nights, NBC. That's it. I try to think of a good outro for these things. and uh, May some... the force be with you. <laughs> there is another sky. What? Oh my god, just Kay. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.